are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a, what is it, the 4th? January 4th. January 4th. Uh, edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast. And we have a big announcement. This is what I was talking about the other day. Uh, very, very excited to announce that Jason Quick of The Athletic will be helping me out on the podcast this year. Very excited. Jason, welcome to Lockdown Blazers. Thanks, Eric. I'm looking forward to it. I think it could be some fun. Yeah. We're, we're currently here in, a, in an undisclosed coffee shop in Portland. <laughs> And uh, we're here to chat a little bit of Blazers right now, and we're, we're looking forward to it. So this is going to be a great, great podcast. I'm very excited for it. So, yeah, me too. Um, I think we should start with, I think, the, the topic that's on everybody's mind right now, that, and you were talking about it the other day as well on Twitter, that has Nurkic surpassed CJ, I guess, in their hierarchy pecking order or do you think he should, I guess is another way to phrase it. Well, it doesn't matter how you term it, but probably in reality, uh, I say in terms of importance to this team mm-hmm. and this team's success that he has leapfrog CJ just because he brings it on both ends of the court. And I think that everyone's looking at you know his points and rebounds and assists and all that, but I, I think what has really elevated his game in the last – two weeks or so has been his defense. His defense, particularly around the rim, has been once again uh, very top-notch, and I think that has helped uh, the team spike and play. But, yeah, everything. And another thing on that, too, is his assists. His, remember when Nurt first came here? Mm-hmm. I thought that was the thing that really stood out about his game as we started to learn him was just how good a passer he is and how smart he is. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to see a little bit more of that, seeing the back cuts from... Damian Lillard uh, and CJ and Nurk's finding him. So he's a he's an incredible, incredible weapon. And I think it's a matter of how long they can keep him focused like this because that has been the downfall of Nurk is sometimes he gets a little airheady and drifts on defense and that drives Terry Stotts nuts. Yeah, I, well, I, and I get it. I get I, I get why, but, you know, he's – that, those passes that he had, that one in the fourth quarter to Dame, that was like a Sabonis pass, right? right. The, the backdoor pass from the from the elbow. That was, I mean, he's he's been playing on a different level lately. I mean, basically since I want to say the Golden State game. Yeah, uh, I I would put it. I have to look at the schedule. I would say even a little bit before that. Okay. But, uh, I think the Golden State games are kind of uh, magnified because. You can see how if Portland got in a first-round matchup with Golden State or even a second-round matchup, that's somewhere where they could have an advantage, yeah. theoretically, you know. And uh, I think that's why uh, it's so intriguing and so encouraging to see him dominate like that mm-hmm. against uh, Golden State. And then after that, you know, obviously it was Philadelphia without Embiid, Sacramento, Willie Cauley-Stein. I don't think everyone's anyone's going to... Yeah, kind of consider him a, a defensive stopper. So I think that's why tonight's game against Oklahoma City will be really interesting to see because Steven Adams is a very rugged, very solid defender. Yeah. I'd be interested to see how, how Nerd fares against It's a very burly matchup tonight. Yes. Between, <laughs> yes. between Steven Adams and Nurkic. I'm excited yeah. to see it because 
Adams has been I mean Adams is currently anchoring the best defense in the league like this is the type of game that I'm sure Nurk is going to measure himself up against and I wonder if the Blazers to an extent I mean they're in the same division kind of look at tonight as a little bit of a litmus test not just for Nurk but for the whole team well, sure. I yeah. mean, because Oklahoma City is what they're two in the West right yeah, I now. Think I think so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think any time now, you know, we're past the early season. We're approaching midseason, and I think any time you get games like this, you like to see where you measure up. Mm-hmm. And of course, down into the into the line, this could be huge as far as seating, as far as tiebreakers right. and all that. But right. yeah, I'm going to be. I'm going to be curious to see how these next two games, I mean, Oklahoma City and Houston. Yeah. No, uh, Houston's another – that's a – I mean, Harden is playing out of his mind right now. Yeah. That's going to be a real – I wonder – I mean, this is looking too far down the road, but I wonder – I guess they'll probably put Harkless on him. But Yeah, yeah. they usually do. Yeah, they, that's what they usually do. So. But here's the thing, though. Harkless has not played in the back end of back-to-backs. Oh, that's right. The last right. two or three times, and the Houston game is the back end of a back-to-back. So – you know, that's one thing I think tonight. Do they rest Harkless tonight and play him against Houston? Wow. Yeah, and his knee, I mean, his knee, That's that's been just an ongoing storyline yeah. this season. It, it, it does from, you know, I'm not there every day. From where I'm sitting, it does seem like he's getting a little bit healthier. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. I mean, you can see the bounce that he has. And, you know, I thought his uh, defense against Sacramento – at the rim, he had a couple of huge blocks at the end. Uh, the overtime win against Golden State—it mm-hmm. was his steal that helped get it to overtime. Uh, he's had a lot of big plays defensively, and it—if you're a careful watcher mm-hmm. of, of the games, uh, his defense has, has really been—it's—it's. It's, I don't want to say great, but it's been very, very good, and it's something that they need, particularly on the perimeter. So. Uh, It'll be interesting mm-hmm. um, how Terry plays that tonight, yeah, yeah. You know, considering that they have Harden on deck tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that'll be really interesting. Uh, and, and they've got, I mean, they, with, with Harkless out there, I, I would think I was a little harsh on him at the beginning of the season. I think it was probably just because he couldn't go as hard as he's been going lately. Yeah, the big thing he says is he can't jump off his left leg. Uh you know, because the left knee is so sore. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was really frustrating to him. And there'd be times where he would just get these little pangs during the game mm-hmm. where it, it kind of worried him. Yeah. So I think he played tentatively during those first games. But uh, he says that more and more there's no pain in his knee. And I think you can just see the, the balance in the spring with him. Yeah, so, no. Yeah, it's very encouraging. It, there's, I mean, right now with the team, I think there's a lot of encouraging things. Nurk, Harkless, and then Seth Curry has been uh, huge for him. I mean, he, yeah. It's I kind mean, of what we thought, yeah, I think, when yeah. we signed and, him and, first. Yeah, and that's, and that's what they thought. I, mean, yeah. I remember I, I talked to someone, and he was like, you love Shabazz. You guys are really going to love Seth Curry. Yeah. Like, and he was, and, 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 we were waiting for it for a long time, yeah. so uh, it was good. It's good to see him get there, and also having Seth Curry there. Also, in the Sacramento game, we saw it gives Terry a little insurance if Evan doesn't have it. Yeah, to go with Curry yeah. in that kind of backup point guard spot. This is another reminder of 
just how long the NBA season is. Yeah. Because, you know, three weeks ago I was going, Curry's played himself out of the rotation. <laughs> this guy, you know, is having a, a rough season, but now he's in the thick of it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, going back to Evan Turner, and, and I haven't had a chance to, to sit down and talk with him about this, but I would bet, I would bet that something's going on with Evan health-wise. Uh-huh. I, I just don't think he is moving... Uh, as fluid as we've seen him before. But Evan, he's one of those old-school guys where Doesn't he mean. will not reveal injuries. But when we come into the locker room after games, oftentimes like he'll come out of the shower and then he'll go straight across the hall into the trainer's room where he's receiving. And sometimes the trainers come in mm-hmm. and get him. So there's something where he's receiving uh, consistent treatment and I think it's on his lower extremities, but I don't know. And, and he probably wouldn't say anything. Right, He'd probably right. say, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. But I think you can tell if you watch him closely mm-hmm. enough. It's just a little stiff, a little rigid. And so I think that's uh, – and, and let's face it, it, it's shown on the court he's not been playing very well lately. No, yeah. I mean, that might be something where, I mean, I guess they need the all-star break to, to, mm-hmm. to hit here a little bit so he can get some rest. Because, as you're saying, he's an old-school guy. He's probably going to continue to play through it. I mean, yeah. that, that seems like no his question. MO. And yeah. also, be, I think also being the team – because he's in a weird spot now that I don't think he's ever been in. He's, he's the team vet now, you know. Yeah. And, and sometimes those guys – try to show by example like hey you know no like, yeah, stuff like that so um he's I, as old school as that gets on this team I yeah think, yeah de- definitely he's uh, very much about the team very much about uh not whining about your situation or your injuries or anything like that mm-hmm. and this is a guy who's had every chance to whine about how he's been used uh and, and how his body's feeling that's true yeah i mean the one thing i have to give him a lot of credit for is how he's handled all of the scrutiny and a lot of the disparaging comments from Blazers fans, like especially and and most of the league when everyone saw yeah. that contract. I mean, the way he's handled it has been obviously you know when you're a millionaire, it's easy to handle, but like yeah. it is impressive because not a lot of guys handle it that well. You know? Yeah. Well, I'll say this: it has affected him. He hears it; uh, it bothers him, but I think he knows how to process it and not make it uh, fester and not make it uh, kind of dominate him. So uh, it does affect him, but I don't think it he makes it into a long-term thing. It's, it's not what he's hanging his hat on. It's like everyone hates me or whatever. Right. But um, we're going to take one quick break, and we'll be back with some more Lockdown Blazers. And welcome back to another segment of Lockdown Blazers. And... I threw something out there yesterday. I was I was playing around. I was messing around with some of my friends, and I was I, I said, you know, because I, I cover the Lakers basically now for this LeBron wire. And well, so, oh, and, wait a minute. What do you mean, a minute? You've got friends. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. Believe it or not. I. But anyways, I, back yeah, to your fake trade. Back to my fake trade. So obviously, doing the LeBron blog, I am bombarded every day with. Lakers for Anthony Davis trade scenarios. And while I don't hate a lot of the guys on the Lakers, like I, I, I think Lonzo Ball could be a player if he learns how to shoot and stuff like that. But I kept on thinking to myself, what is the best package Portland could put together for Anthony Davis? And I came up with CJ McCollum and then their two 
best potential high ceiling asset guys that you could sell another team on and be like, hey, you might lose Anthony Davis, but these guys could be really good or great. So I went with CJ, Zach Collins, Anthony Simons, who the Blazers uh, are extremely high on, it seems like. Or at least, you know, yeah. the, the, the rhetoric The rhetoric is, is that he's, yeah. you know, and, and a first-round pick. I'm, I'm sure, you know, and, and I don't know, like, to me, I was comparing that to the uh, hypothetical package of Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Kyle Kuzma. I would like the Blazers package better. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So, and so, obviously, New Orleans has every reason to not trade him right now because if they want to try and make the playoffs. But they don't want to send him to the Lakers if the Celtics package, if, if the Celtics are going to, which they seem to always do, the Celtics are always playing hardball. They never want to give up guys or guys that they want to give up, you know, or guys that another team would really want. Like, they're never going to give up Tatum or, you know, a guy. And CJ, obviously, that would be a loss. But... I feel like that's the only scenario in which Olshay would ever consider moving up, moving CJ. Yeah, you'd have to get a, you know, a impact player, and certainly Anthony is an impact player. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, it's an attractive trade. Yeah. yeah. I, I really, I mean, honestly, it it would to get value, you have to give up value. Right. I think a lot of people forget that when yes. you're trying to concoct trades and. Uh, just knowing Neil, I, I know this would hurt him. Yes. Because he loves CJ and he is absolutely enamored with Zach Collins uh, because he made a, a big move to, yeah. to get Zach Collins. So uh, it would take this type of, you know, pain to get a big player. And, um, you know, will Neil do it? My gut says probably no. Yeah. Uh, would New Orleans do it? I don't know, because they're, they're entering that that kind of slippery area where it's looking more and more like they might lose him. Like yeah. he, he might not sign with them. So you want to get some value uh, while you can. Yeah, and I think Mark Stein and Mul- and Sam Amick have also reported that the extra money that New Orleans can offer is not a, it's not a decision maker right. for him. So right. if that's not going to keep him, what position are you in if you're in New Orleans and I, I think that they they really do have to consider moving him at some point because you know and I think you know if the shoe was on the other foot and Portland was in this position where New Orleans is everyone would be talking about having to trade Dame right now yeah so it it, it is it, that's but, just kind of how it goes but don't you feel that everyone in Portland except Neil Olshay feels that there needs to be a move made yes I mean that's the way it feels to me yes that, one uh, one million percent I haven't I don't know if I've talked to a single Blazers fan that's like yes this is the group yeah I mean I, I think it's clear that this team probably doesn't have a championship window as constructed right now um, but look Neil, as much as it pains me to say, is a smart guy. Yeah. He, re- he really is. Yeah. And he's usually two or three steps ahead of most people and mm-hmm. the way he's thinking. And uh, I just don't get the sense that he feels an incredible sense of urgency to upgrade this team now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my sense. Yeah. I, I mean, and I, 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 I feel like 
it also goes against everything Neil has done to build this team, which is extremely low risk. Everything, like I mean, everything that he's done is a very low risk move for the most he, part. He take, he, he's a singles hitter when this fan base wants doubles and home runs. Yes, I mean he does the get Harkless for nothing, get Shabazz for nothing, luck into Nurkic. Yeah, uh, he does these little moves that help, but yeah. aren't gonna to steal his phrase move the needle. Right, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. I mean, it, it keeps, and I think. I mean, and, and Dane would never complain about it. But publicly, publicly, no, he would never complain about it. But at some level, I have to imagine that it 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 has to drive him a little mad to continue being this guy who continues to leave the same group to the same place every single year. Yeah. I feel like that has to wear on him on some level. He's great at not showing it to the media. Yeah, but. It's you know it's been since Lamarcus left. Yeah. You know he he's done this drill many times. Yeah. And but you know Dame also has this. Dame has a unique mindset, and his mindset is always we can win as long as I'm on the team and I can help. Mm-hmm. And I think in the in the last few years he has done a better job of funneling a lot of his energy into making other people around him better. I think that has been that has been a, a market area of his growth. Is he's not just a, a star; he's a star who makes other people around him better. So I, I don't think he'll, he'll ever. I don't think he'll ever get to the point where he's like, "I'm out, I'm right, done." Right. It's, it's just not in his makeup because mm-hmm. he'll never that. That in a way would be a sign of him like giving up. Like, right. I can't do it. It's a. It'd be a, some, in his mind, a, an indication of his inability to get something done. Right? Mm-hmm. That's just not the way he thinks. It's a good point. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, it makes plenty of sense. And I think when you say that, I think about Nurk more than anybody. I think on the team because he's it, made Nurk what he is. I mean, Nurk has a lot of say in that too. But right. But but I remember you you focus on the stuff last year where you know you know him learning about the things with him wishing that LaMarcus had led him this way and things like that. And I think that what we're seeing out of Nurkic, obviously Nurkic gets primary credit for making that, but you know, that didn't happen in Denver. Right. And I, and that was, and that was before Jokic got there. I mean, this, this type of Nurkic was not happening. And I think you do have to give, yeah, I think they, we do have to give Dane credit for that because yeah. of the, the growth that Nurkic has made and just kind of the attention that he gives him and, and just kind of yeah. reinforces him a lot. Look, I, I can't say enough about Dane as a, a teammate uh, and as a leader. He, he's got a unique ability to read a locker room and to read certain players. Like he can see when Harkless is getting down and he knows how to pick him up. He could sense that Nurkic just needed some love. That mm-hmm. He was coming from a place where he's kind of discarded and all that. Uh, so, you know, I think the curious thing right now, though, uh, is how he views CJ. Because CJ hasn't quite been the great Batman or the great no. Robin to his no. Batman. No. You know, and. Uh, you know, I think to the Kings game, CJ missing two free throws at the end, uh, and just having an off season. This has been an off season so far for for CJ, and 
part of what makes this team go as or supposed to make this team go as it's structured is a, a dynamic duo. Yeah. And it's only been one person so far. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Uh, we're going to take one more break and we'll be back with one more segment of Locked On Blazers. Welcome back to our final segment of today's Locked On Blazers. And I want to talk about you know, last night when I was watching the Golden State-Houston game. And obviously Houston makes big shots and there's some things that happen there. But And Golden State now has lost two games in overtime at home in the last week. And three straight home and games. Three straight home games. And so I know that the, the a lot of people throw out the uh, the old Lakers comparison that they're like they're like the Shaq and Kobe Lakers slogging through the season. And where I I call BS on that is that there's never been a team that has made a run like this, other than teams with LeBron James. And I don't know that you can just pencil them in all the way to the finals anymore. And yeah, I I don't know what it's going to take for Portland to get to to be that dangerous, but it does feel like the West has never been more open. Yeah, I mean, because this is the most flawed that we've seen Golden State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think they're the team to beat, though. I, I think what we saw last night with Houston, what jumped out on the screen to me was just the poor shot selection down the down the end. I mean, up six with a minute left, and KD's jacking up a three with, what, 20 seconds or so on, yeah, yeah. on the shot clock? That's just not smart basketball. Mm-hmm. Then he didn't get back in transition. Yeah, they lost an and one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, Curry, I thought, took a rush to three, and he admitted that he was trying for a dagger. But mm-hmm. So it's, it's little things like that that I don't know if we've seen that from them before. And I think that might play into a little bit of uh, or be an effect of them being bored or, yeah. you know. Uh, but I don't know. I, uh, this is definitely the most wide open the West has been in the last four or five years. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really in, interested to see what happens when they reintroduce cut when they introduce cousins into yeah. whatever's happening because he's a great player but it's not like you know things have gone smoothly wherever he's been you know things yeah. things have not been very easy well and coming back from Achilles injuries is not easy either, no especially for a big man so you know I don't think you can expect him to be playing 30 minutes and you know having the the bounce and all that kind of stuff but I think it's going to be a, a process for him but uh, you know, right now Denver's the number one seed. Are they that much better than Portland? You know, that's a pretty good game they played here. Uh, OKC, they're second. How much I, better are they? Yeah, and this that's a team that Portland has dominated the last couple of years. I think they swept them last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be curious to see that this year. Houston, Portland's already beat them. It, it's a it's a really interesting West race, and I think it's good for the league that there, it, there's so much intrigue there. Yeah, definitely. I I, I was you know it, it is more interesting now. There's there's more drama, and listen, I I know we've talked about you know if, if CJ can pick it up, you know I I just think obviously first things first, they got to win a playoff series. Yeah, but. But winning a playoff game would be a yeah, good start. Yeah, they've lost ten straight, ten straight, play, ten straight playoff games. So that would be a good start. So obviously we don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much. But you know, I think where they are right now is a pretty, all things considered, is a pretty good place to be considering how bad CJ has been. 
the start to the season that Curry had, Harkless's knee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like they're in a pretty decent place. And then after these two games, they got some pretty crappy teams coming in yeah. after that. So they got, yeah, they got the Knicks, and, the Pistons, or something like that. Yeah, and they've gone through they've gone through a spell where they played horrible basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, at Memphis, at Houston. Uh, all those games. Yeah, it was that. Didn't they have a home they, game? They got too? drilled at home. By, yeah. Well, by Utah. Oh, by Utah. I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was at that game. Yeah. So you know they had a spell where they were like three and eight, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was some trying times. There was a lot of you know looking in the mirror. Uh, so I think that's important too that they've come out of that and they've experienced one of those already this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for some teams it could that could vary. Yeah, you, know, you look at New Orleans; they haven't been able to get their footing. So yeah, Memphis um, right now is in that. Memphis and the Clippers are both in that spot right yeah. now too. They're both struggling after being really good. And and this is the one thing that like you know it, it kind of gets tired because we do the same thing we're saying is that everyone wants a move to happen because they want to shake things up. But you know, to Olshay's credit and to the team's credit, they're still pretty good. And, yeah, and and pretty are. good, pretty good is doing a lot for them right now. And you can point a lot of that to their continuity, yeah, of knowing each other and knowing when it was going bad. That hey, we have what it takes to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't point fingers. Uh, I know people are sick, sick of hearing, sick that of hearing, about, but it's true about how the chemistry is good. Yeah, and, and it is, and it is a, a plus. But eventually, I think they need to graduate from that and yeah. have it mean something. But uh, as it is, it's the NBA season. The regular season, I think it doesn't mean anything, but we're finding stuff out about them right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's true. We're, we are finding some stuff out about them. We'll see. But to your to yeah. your greater point, they, I think they should feel very good about where they are right now. They should feel very good. And, and you're right. I mean, next week they've got the Knicks. Uh, I think the Cavs come up. Oh they yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, Charlotte. Yeah. Some really um, bad teams. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, especially the New York, New York, Cleveland, Atlanta. That's that's. Yeah, those I are, think Atlanta's later in the month, but yeah, it, it gets bad. Yeah, no, it's. I, I think maybe Detroit it was also bad. So yeah, some, some something in there. But yeah. uh, Jason, anything to promote that you want people to go check out? Anything like that? Uh, no, I don't have anything in the immediate future. I'm I'm working on a an extended very deep dive on Myers Leonard okay uh, and we had a really really good conversation yesterday who's having a good year by the way it should very be good very like a good year very like, solid like he's he's playing well like this yeah. is this is a step for him that we haven't seen in the last couple of years right and I think the most encouraging part of that is his defense uh, it's still not awesome but he has improved greatly there, and I think that's why you're seeing him stay on the floor for longer periods of time. I mean, the fact that he has Stotts' trust yeah. to play is is a whole new world from where we were. It's been a long haul. Yeah. And this is going to kind of go back to his childhood and deal with uh, his early years in Portland and, and just how low he went. I, I, I think people will be surprised to hear just the depths that uh, – this situation in Portland uh, brought him to. And uh, I think it's going to be a really good story, but it's going to take time. Cool. All right. Thanks, Jason. And uh, everyone, go read the LeBron Wire, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll be back with you with a recap after the OKC game tonight.